0: All right. I um that's just a little tiny glimpse of what was going on in Ghana. Um this last 2 weeks ago. It's it's hard to imagine they were just 2 weeks ago. There were 19 Americans, four Ukrainians and one Bulgarian. Um an awesome just mix. It was it was literally three nations coming together. Um, into One Nation. It was just uh, an awesome celebration of, of the Church of God. It was, it was a good work. I'm going to have uh, a few people step forward, um, a couple of Abbeys and a Bethany. Um, if you would uh, come on forward, crew. And uh, this is just a small representation of the team. Um, you'll recognize some of them from video clips and stuff. Yeah! Give it up. Um... So, lots of love, lots of good things happening. Um, we want to, uh, you know, you, it's one of those things where you, you experience something for two weeks and it's just like mind blowing and you, you can't share even really the tip of the iceberg on it. We're going to try to do just a small portion of that. So, I'm going to start down the line here uh, and start with Abby number one because her last name's Dwyer and D comes before Y, which is before Yenser. So, Abby, Dwyer, what's, uh, and for the rest of you thinking about it, um, what was just the biggest impact, uh, thing that impacted you the most about the trip?
1: Um, Pastor Don had, well, and Alex, who they had asked us to come up and basically share what impacted us the most. Um, and the thing that immediately popped in my head is the joy that they have over there. Um, just as a nation, here, there are happy people, but, like, if you wave to a kid on the street, they'll, like, go crying to their mom. like, that person just waved at me. Like, but if you do it over there, like, they get the hugest smile. And when you go, like, into the church services and you see the people who are Christians and the joy that they have is from the Lord, like, it's contagious. Like, it's crazy the amount of joy that they have from God. And it's just, you don't realize it when you're there, but then you come back and you see that they have an insane amount of joy. And it's just, That's honestly one of the huge things I got from the trip. Like just this unshakable joy that comes from God and God alone. Um, So, yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I'm like looking at your faces and I'm like so depressed right now. It's just, no, just kidding. It's all right. You guys I love. You're great. Actually, I did make one kid run away screaming at me so at our at our um, guest house up on the hill there 's all these villages kids that come up to the you know up to the border and stuff, and they 're always trying to look in so I went out there and i 'm giving them toffee, which is like the fonty word for candy um, so i 'm giving them candy and all that kind of stuff, which is another thing you don 't do in america hey here 's some candy from the stranger um, but I, of course, you know, they're, they're playing around and stuff, and I'm like, hey, I can, I'll, I'll race you guys. So we all line up and everything, and we just start taking off down this footpath. And I, I'm running around, and we, we come around this corner, and there's this little boy just kind of walking along. He sees this tall white guy, like, coming at him full steam. And he, like, pauses, and he turns around and just starts screaming and crying, running away. It was great. Um, so I did happen to scare some little children while in there. It just happens wherever I go, I guess. But uh, Abby Yenser, impact on you.
1: All right, so I have to second what she said. The joy over there was amazing. But the thing that impacted me the most was actually when I got back home. Um, I realized that while I was there, God was breaking down a wall in my life that I had for months. And it was something that was separating me from God. And it wasn't that um, I didn't know he was always there. I mean, it was it just felt like he was distant. I knew he was there, but he was distant. And so God had used the kids there to really break down that wall. And then a pastor who had come from Bulgaria, Pastor Emil, um, to encourage me. So as that wall was getting broken, I was getting, um, encouraged at the same time. And all of that was just to prep me for the Monday I got back. And, um, God really just saturated me with his presence and just showed me a bunch of revelations about things that had happened on the trip and healed relationships and provided me financially just like every single burden that I could have had ever was lifted on Monday. And so um, it was just awesome to see how um, I had gone there expecting just to give everything and for them to be blessed, but I came back blessed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um whenever and this is this is true whenever you, you you lay yourself out there you lay yourself on the line for the lord and you say you know what i'm heading into impossible situation and um, you're going to have to pull you're going to have to pull me through um, you see that time and time again and how God will continue to bring back and pour back into you. You know, Jesus says, do you think I can out-bless you? You know, you think you can outgive God? You know, like when we give ourselves to his work, he gives back, you know, in increasing measure, you know, with, with, with amazing surprise blessing. You know, those are the kind of things that happen when we offer ourselves out there. Um, thanks, Abby. Bethany.
1: Um, I'd have to say the biggest thing that really got me there was just god's love for people he um he really spoke to my heart. I went there you know um going to share god's love but um but he brought me to a place where I really had to um I had to set my own self down and um he just like showed me his love for the people and so it was i mean there were times when i um when I hold some of the children kind of thing, and just god's love um in that is like fullness and um, and just being able to pour that out. It was really um, that was the biggest thing for me. And then not just for the people there, but then bringing that back to the people here and having um, even more of a heart for um, my family and um, and friends here. So that was yeah.
0: Um, absolutely. Yep, <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it's. You know, you hear the stories and you're like, you're not even telling like the real fun ones, like how Pastor Alex rode on top of a crocodile and showed him who was boss. You know, like, remember that time everybody on the team? Oh, yes. That was not, that's not what happened. That's totally, okay, it's, it's kind of what happened. I. I didn't squeal like a girl though, that was good. I just kind of jumped away really fast, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, again, it's just like you start it, the, what we realize is God impacts us. He, he wants to bless us. And it's like, we worry so much about us, you know, and it's like, Hey, you know what? I'm not so worried about the us part. I'm worried about, I'm worried about, uh, just demonstrating my love to people, to you and the people that you're ministering. You know, you, you get caught up in it. Can I do it? Or can I do it? We can't tell you the amount of times where we'd go somewhere and like, Five minutes before we got there, it's like, oh, we're going this place, and you're going to give a testimony, and you're going to preach, and this is what we're going to do. And we're like, oh, okay, well, let's do it. And, and at that point, you have to rely on the Lord. You know, you just, you offer yourself to him, and you surrender. And you know what happens? We saw time and time again is, like, I'd be, I had, I had messages up the wazoo, like, ready to just share, and I came with 10 to 15 of those, and I didn't use a single one. There, was, there would just be a God download, and I'm not saying don't prepare. I prepared, but in that moment, God had something else because he said, all right, I'm going to do this, and guess what? The scripture that he gave me matched up perfectly with the testimony that one of these students gave. Like we'd, you know, we'd, we'd, This happened time and time again, whether we're at a school or a village. People would ask us, like, "Oh, that's cool how you work that together." We're like, "Yeah, we didn't talk about it at all. You know, just God did it. You know, that was that was just His com- confirming work. It happened here at Generation Ch- Church tonight. Someone in here um, came up afterwards and handed me something, and it was about going deeper with the Lord and who was doing it before it even Pastor Don was talking about going deeper. Like it's it's God's unity that He desires to bring in. And so right up here, you see three different churches that that are represented. You know, there were out of the whole team, there was something like seven or eight different churches represented among a team of 24, and God brought us together in unity for his purpose. And it's one of those things that was a unique experience, and yet on the very same level, um, when I got the word, the, finally the green light to go ahead, yes, go to Ghana, um, what God told me is, you want to go and preach the gospel in another country. You want to go and, and, and be with the broken in another country and be love and grace there is broken people right around you. What are you doing here? And so if there's any encouragement I think we took as a team is, the, the verses that you saw, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, You know, to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release for the prisoners. That is the call he's given us, and it's scary. It's scary to think, like, I can't help a single person. And you know what? We, we came out of that trip realizing I still didn't help a single person, but God did. He did. And when he came, when I, we all felt it. When we were leaving here, it's like, you know what? We're leaving one mission field and entering another. And that's what we all have the opportunity and what God is calling us to, whether that's in the school, whether it's on a sports team, whether it's in our family. God is calling us to see the brokenness and say, all right, God, send me. Send me into that brokenness. I can't help But if you equip me with your Holy Spirit and fill me with your power and your love and your compassion, then things are going to change. And that's what we have. That's what we have the opportunity. You don't have to go to Ghana to do it. Go to Ghana. It's awesome. Go to, where are you guys going? Nicaragua. Can you say it cool? Like, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Go to Nicaragua. Go to Nicaragua. Go to Haiti. Go to New York City. Pastor John at Friends of the Cross is bringing a crew down to New York City to help with Hurricane Sandy. Um, relief um, help somewhere see the brokenness and it's hard it's hard to see it you know it's something you have to you have to pray hey thanks guys appreciate you guys being here this is uh, pastor bill valet at bill valet from pennsylvania avenue united methodist thanks guys we're glad you're here with us tonight go somewhere but the but the the thing is just you gotta go and what's hard is I came back from a two-week trip from Ghana praying God help me to see brokenness and one morning um we are trying to help someone who is in need and they wanted to meet up one day and I, I forgotten about it I had asked Pastor Byrne hey what should we do and um the next day he says hey did you talk to that person what happened I'm like oh no I didn't talk to him and all of a sudden, I thought, like, I have got 25 other things that I need to do right now. And I got back into my office, and I sat down, and God said, I sent you to seek and to save the lost. This is why you're here. Not for your stupid to-do list. Okay, he didn't say stupid, but Jesus can, because he's God and stuff. But he said, I'm putting before you someone who is broken and needs love. It's like, okay. Okay. I can put that aside for a second because here's some brokenness that God wants me to bring life to. So we just want to pray for you before we pass it over to Pastor Sean. We're giving him like six minutes and or whatever, you know. But that's okay. He's he can work things like that because he's cool. Um, <laughs> but before we do, we're just gonna we just want to pray. We want to offer yourself if you're willing to, you know, like Pastor Don said, willing to have eyes to see what God wants us to see. Um, let's, just, let's just open ourselves up to that one more time. And we want to see the brokenness. And it's going to make you scared, and it's going to make you feel like it's impossible, because it is. Without God's grace, it's impossible. There are so many impossible situations that are all around you. I could start talking to you and you, and you could tell me, this person's not going to change. This person's anorexic. This person's caught up in a life of, of, of sexual pleasure that really is spiraling down. You, you can tell me those, my parents. They're, you're going through divorce. It's impossible. You know what? God's the God of impossible. He just calls us to, to enter into the miraculous. So let's, let's pray that way. God, we just ask for a blessing over this group of people here. You've brought us together for a purpose, each unique, but each called to one thing, and that is to be a witness of love and grace through Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see the brokenness around us, give us faith to turn to you, Lord, and the power to endure when things get hard. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: Pastor Sean, it's good to see you, man. Good to see you. Thanks, Alex. Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to use this and call it a day. Uh, I don't really need to preach. Seriously, if um, uh, if there isn't a stronger revelation of God's love, His presence in the room and reasons to follow him via the testimonies, the word from Pastor Don, uh, and, and just everything that you've experienced tonight, then nothing I could say to you for five minutes or 50 minutes is going to do any good. Uh, so um, I just kind of want to leave you kind of with a, a challenge for this year. Um, if you've been with us for the whole year, you've heard uh, 11 different words so far. Uh, with regards to God's love and his mercy and his grace and his truth and his expectations of us and, uh, and, and who he is and his pursuit of us and his challenge for us to pursue him and uh, find out who he is. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God and his son whom he sent. He summed it up right there. It was done. Boom. That they may know you. See, we think it's about doing stuff even after he died for us as sinners we like we like we receive his grace like if we get over ourselves and we actually get humble for a second and be like okay i still suck at life and i thought i was supposed to get everything together before i could come to you this is how i came to know christ i used to think i had to get everything together first yeah that didn't work and um so uh, but but would you just take me anyway and and he's like yeah but please stop talking like that <laughs> And so, uh, so he does, because that's just how he rolls. And then uh, for some reason we start to think that we're supposed to earn the rest of it. Like his grace was only enough to actually save you, enough to go to heaven, but not, not enough to actually live the, le- the rest of your life in righteousness or purity or holiness or grace or truth or mercy or all the things we like to throw around as Christianese and not actually ever really understand. Because let's be honest, we only listen to the person that we're talking to long enough uh, so that we can get our next uh, pop in there. So it's about knowing him. Boy, this is a good message. I hope I get to preach this next Christmas. It's about, as we've heard tonight, it's about knowing him. Um, and, and I want to I just nutshell this whole thing for a second. Uh, our ability to know him on a deeper level will come from your hunger for him. Joyce Meyer says it this way. Uh, you're as close to God as you want to be. She's good with the one-liners. I don't have the one-liners down yet. <laughs> like, my one-liners end up being like 15-liners. And people will be like, oh, that's good, but I, didn't, I can't write down any of it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Seriously, my young people will be like, oh, Pastor Sean, that was good. Didn't get any of it down on paper. I hope there was a CD. Uh, your closeness to God will depend on how hungry you are for him. Now, here's the weird thing about hunger. In the spiritual realm, it works opposite um, via our hunger on earth, and I can't take credit for this. One of my favorite pastors says this. Uh, When we're hungry in the natural, in the physical, uh, it's because we haven't eaten. You following me? Some of you are hungry, and I'll be like, I didn't get dinner. I came from sports practice, and I'm dying here. Shut your face so I can get to McDonald's. In the natural, in the physical, our hunger comes from not eating. In the spiritual, it's just the opposite. In the spiritual, we actually get hungry by eating. Think about it. The first time you started doing your devotionals, there was something, you you got done with reading that page and maybe you read the scripture. Please always read the scripture. Uh, and and you read the scripture attached to it, and you got done, you might not have felt drastically different. Some devotionals will punch you right in the face, and you'll be changed forever, but you might not have felt a a difference. But for some reason, when you walked to class that day, or you went about your day, something was different inside of you, and there was this draw. You were like, I have to do that tomorrow. Are you following me? Like, there's there's just something that happened inside of you. People that have experienced this know exactly what I'm talking about. Same thing with worship. You experience like a time of worship, uh, whether live or with a recording, whatever, and, uh, and, and you get done. Two songs, three songs, doesn't matter. Uh, there's something inside of you that says, uh, I know we need to go on with service, but I actually want to do more of that. Are you following me? So in the natural, we get hungry by not eating. In the spiritual, we get hungry by eating. So all I'm going to do tonight as we close here is, is just invite you to a greater level of hunger, but it will depend on you actually taking a step. If you haven't been in the word in days or weeks, get in the word. Uh, if you haven't been to a worship service, then get to a worship service. Uh, if I have no idea what's going on behind me, I'm not even going to look, but it's all right. Seriously, y'all think you're subtle. <laughs> like 40 of you all go. <laughs> I want to encourage you uh, to eat. Something from the kingdom. Uh, the, uh, almost every major prophet said that um, his word was like honey. In fact, they said sweeter than honey. The Psalms say it too. There's something about hearing the word of God. I'm not just talking about reading the word of God, although the, God will definitely speak to you through, through the written word. There's something about hearing the word of God that fires your soul that says, I have to have more. And so... There is, um, there's a generation, I just want to describe to you real briefly, of very hungry young people that is exploding all throughout America. I don't, I don't know if you know, I don't even know this guy back here, but he's wearing a New York, LA Jesus Culture shirt. Like, I already know this dude's going to be my jam. I want to meet him after, uh, because I haven't even been to one of their conferences, but I, I know a lot about banning Leapshire in and in Bethel's movement and whatnot, and they're just living revival. It's ridiculous. I want to do on this coast what they're doing there. Come on, okay. And I said I would only go five minutes, but I'm. <laughs> but there's a there's a generation that's rising in their your age. What I want you to think that think is, I am this many old, okay. However many years old you are, there are people your age all over this country that are laying hands on the sick and seeing them healed in the name of Jesus. Like, Jesus Culture, they go to do their, their workshops and their conferences and their concerts and whatnot. They have such breakthrough in people getting healed of asthma that all they have to do is they, is they just say, Hey, guys, we've been getting breakthroughs in seeing young people cured of asthma, and, and we just want to see what God's doing in the room tonight. People with asthma, like intense asthma, will start sprinting around the room, and then they'll get done. They'll be like, okay, how many people actually have a testimony? They'll come up and they'll testify. Not winded at all. They'll be like, I could not have done that yesterday. Like, I'm not talking about this happened years ago in some random revival in Wales. I'm talking about it's happening now in America. Maddie Montgomery, many of you know him from, from Winterfest and from iMatter, um, he rebuked me in, in a text a few weeks back. We were, we were chatting back and forth about some things. And, and, uh, and, and I used the phrase, uh, you know, uh, wanting to steward the revival that's coming. And he said, I want you to stop right there. And if you listen, if you listen and, and hear anything I've ever told you, it's this. The revival is not coming. It's here. So I want to encourage you before you go tonight. You've had more than enough preachers this year that have yelled at you, myself included that have basically told you what you're doing is not Christianity. And it's true. For the most part, we don't really get it. Seriously, if he said you can cast out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead and you're not doing it, we don't get it yet. Well, Sean, how do you know? Here's how I know. Jesus said we would do greater things than he did. He went around and cast out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead. And I'm going to do better I don't really know what better is, but I know that I want it. So, uh, I got no condemnation for you tonight. I've got no guilt trips. I've got no manipulation. I've got no, you should live this way. And because I do. And, 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 and I I just got none of that. Uh, What I do have is an invitation for you to go further. You got a new year coming up. People love to do New Year's resolutions that they don't intend to keep. You got a chance with Pastor Don tonight to to renew your vows. I love that idea. Love that idea. So few Christians in this country understand that when you received Jesus, um, he gave you an engagement ring. Like it's like an angel of revelation just swept across the room. Oh, God, I'm going to get married. It's true. Uh, if you're struggling in your faith tonight, um, I just want to encourage you. Uh, it's, it's, it's only because um, there's a lie that you entertained from the enemy that said you're too far away from God. You can't get back to him. That's it. Jesus said, You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth of the fact is, there's still a seed of hunger in every single one of you, whether you've never known God or you've known God and walked away. There's a seed of truth ins- inside of you that says, um, I hunger for him. Here's how I know it says in Scripture that he's the desire of the nations. Meaning, there's a seed of desire inside of every single living human being on the face of the planet that says, I want Jesus. Put some sunlight on it, water it, stick in some dirt. I'm talking about your heart now. And, uh, and see how fast he comes running back into your life. Y'all good? Next time we see you is going to be 2013. Isn't that crazy? The Mayans—they got nothing on us. <laughs> listen, I will—I will say this: one of my one of my favorite women authors and, and preachers. Yes, women can preach and write books. Now, seriously, listen. There, there's still a there's still a religious concept that, that that the Lord is wanting to break off of His church. I'm not saying I'm not saying certain things and saying others. I'm just saying there, we're, there's going to be a freedom that happens for women across the church. In the world that, that's going, that's going to really shake some of our foundations. But listen, she uh, she said, "I don't, I don't believe that you know December twenty first is going to be it." But she's, she's a prophetic woman. She said, "I do believe this though. I think the reason that the Mayans thought it was going to be December twenty first is because they actually couldn't see past that date. Because a shift is going to happen in the world, in the church." And it may not coincide with the exact date of December 21st, but the fact of the matter is, is people who were operating not under the spirit of Christ just couldn't see past a certain point. It actually makes me excited for what's coming because I think that means that God's going to do something that's going to blow our minds. I believe in a God that's still alive, and uh, and He's more creative than I am, and He's more creative than Hollywood. And so there's a story that he's unfolding. It's called his story, history. It's, it's his story that he's unfolding that is, it's gonna stir something in your hearts that you may not even know is there yet. So my invitation to you in the next couple of weeks as we finish up our 2012, which advanced lickety split, is um, position yourselves to be a part of it. You're not going to want to be a spectator for this one. Father, we love you. And I'm going to pray to you, God, right now because I don't know any other way to end this because I'm going to keep talking. If I don't, I thank you for Pastor Don. I thank you for Pastor Alex. I thank you for every heart, every youth leader in this room every general that you are raising up in this valley um, for, to, be, to be some of the leaders and to be some of the people who are, who are waiting upon you for your voice and your direction uh, for, for the army of love and peace that you want to move into this region. God, we stand, we sit, we kneel, we posture ourselves uh, in a place where we want to adore you and worship you because we want to see when you move and we want to hear you when you call. We want to be a part of what you're about to do um, because we believe the ears, the ears of everyone, are going to tingle when we start to hear what you're about to do. So we look to you in this hour of Advent, God, the hour of your coming waiting for that spirit of god to pour out on all flesh in this valley god we are we are jealous we are envious for what you've done in the south and the west and the midwest and the in the far west and all of it and we want it here god We want it here. We want your spirit to pour out here. We want revival here. We want the movement of your spirit and your life here, God. And we want to be the place where the catalyst drops, where the hammer drops and actually moves like earthquakes, like ripples uh, across the sea of this land from here on through New England. God, we position ourselves to adore you and to love on you and to carry your light into into a broken world, into a broken region, God. We're going to cultivate this hunger for you by eating everything that you put in front of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, that's a good word right there. See you guys in 2013. Listen, last thing. Promise last thing. Um, if, uh, If something ignited inside of you tonight for more, I'm just going to invite you to go to your youth leader or your pastor. Whoever is spiritually fathering you at this time in your life, go to them and say, I got to have more. And just touch base with them and, and just say, what, Like seriously, tell me when we can meet and so that we, you can show me how I dive into this more because I don't want to miss what he's going to do. All right? Boom, get out.